Hello, and welcome to Parents at Work, a podcast for moms and dads who want to succeed and thrive at work while they have kids. I'm Lori Mahalik-Levin, your host for today's episode. I founded and run a program called Mindful Return that helps new parents return to work after parental leave in a much more calm and successful way. And it's one that has helped over 70 employers now to retain their working parent top talent. Now, I have to start today with a story about this podcast. Tom Spiegel first founded the Parents at Work podcast with an introductory episode that was released back in May of 2017. So that's over three and a half years ago. Almost two years into his Parents at Work podcast journey, he invited me to co-host the podcast with him. This was an invitation that I accepted both with massive trepidation, since this was my first ever podcast endeavor, and with great enthusiasm. Together, Tom and I started recording episodes in April of 2019, and we've spent about 18 months interviewing moms and dads in all different industries on their experiences with working parenthood. Today's episode is lucky number 33, and it's a bittersweet one for me. Today, I'm thrilled and excited that I get to interview Tom Spiegel himself, the founder of this podcast, about his own working parent experiences. But I'm also sad because today is Tom's last episode joining us on the podcast. He's handing the reins over to me to continue to run this show. And in our next episode, I'll be introducing you to my new working dad co-host. I've invited Tom here to the podcast both to learn a little bit more about his own life as a working parent, but also to hear his reflections on hosting this podcast. Welcome, Tom. It's good to have you back. Lori, so glad to be here, even if on the other side of the mic, so to speak. <laughs> yes, we've swapped seats a little bit. That's right. So as you know, every time we brought in guests together, we always kicked off by asking them to tell us a little bit about their own working parent journey. So that's my first question for you. Tom, what's your own personal working parent journey sound like? Yes, of course. You know, and with four kids, mine was a long, long journey, <laughs> continues to be. But, you know, when I, we had our first child back in 2005, my wife and I are both attorneys and I was at a firm and had a which are, you know pretty flexible working environment and not that having I mean anytime you have a child there are joys and difficulties and it certainly was a uh, wake up call for the both of us but it was you know um, the pregnancy was uneventful and Harrison our first boy was uh, came into our lives and you know it was a steep learning curve for, for both of us <laughs> I just how much you know, of course there's a bunch of a joy with it you know sometimes that gets particularly I think for men you just don't talk about it as much, but there, of mm -hmm. course there was that, but it was difficult as well. You know, I can remember how specific the knowledge is in the sense that I and took some um, maternity leave and I went back to work earlier and I remember coming home and in the, I'd walk in the door with my suit on and the first thing she would do would hand me this baby. And I remember thinking like, well, can I have like, you know, I just didn't, even though he was my own child in my own house, I didn't understand. I'm like, what, can I have like 10 minutes to change my suit? And she was just like, no, she's like, no, I've been with this to love my child, but I've been with them all day. I'm about to lose my mind. And it wasn't until I had some occasion to spend a, a long block of time with him alone that I started to understand. And then fast forward a little bit, I left that job and went to the U.S. Attorney's Office, which was a great privilege for me. But the, you know, it was a very stressful, even under the best of circumstances, it was a very stressful, a lot of hours, a lot of just drinking from a fire hose kind of learning curve. And it was during that time that we had our second child. And I remember thinking, you know, 
I knew that it would be, of course, some difficulty, but I'm like, oh, we've done this once. Like, you know, how hard can the second one be? We've got this down to a fine science, which turned out to be exactly wrong. You know, it was, as you know, it's not going from one to two. It's an exponential mm-hmm. leap because you've got, you know, you've already got one child on the ground who by now is a toddler. And then for us, at least, and then you add an infant to that. And it was a real struggle for me. And I had difficulty balancing that. And at the time, you know, there are a lot more resources now for new parents, you know, this podcast being one, certainly the great work that you do. But back in the dark ages of, you know, 2008, it was still sort of a nascent movement. And it just didn't even occur to me, like now I having, you know, thought about it a lot more and read about it a lot more and learned from a lot of different people, you know, I wanted to be an active father in, in my children's lives, but I still thought of it as something you did after work, right? Like mm-hmm. you, you go to work, you do your thing, and then you come home and then whatever you got left in the tank you know, you spend with your family, but work came first and, you know, family life wasn't supposed to intervene. And, you know, the U.S. Attorney's Office as a whole was very, was generally child-friendly. Like my supervisors, you know, were like, definitely like, you know, you need to take time and stay with, you know, be with your newborn. Of course, they meant two weeks. <laughs> we're, not <laughs> right. talking, we're not talking about an extended leave, but it was something that I, it really kind of rocked me. And eventually I left the U.S. Attorney's Office and started my own practice. And we had a third child shortly thereafter. And just sort of by, I won't say by happenstance, but I, you know, ended up focusing on employment law, which was an area I had interest in even before I went to the U.S. Attorney's Office, even though of course, I did criminal prosecution there. And I started to see people in my office, mostly women, but some men, you know, who were experiencing problems at work. You know, I unfortunately did not experience discrimination at work, but they were not so lucky. And some of them mm-hmm. were being let go or were just, you know, they had whatever it may be, uh, you know, depression or something at work where they're struggling. And so I started to dig into the law and it was really complicated. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. you know, how is, you know, obviously a parent is strapped for time and emotional energy to begin with. How are they supposed to figure out the FMLA? How are Mm -hmm. they supposed to know about the Americans with Disabilities Act? How are they supposed to know about, you know, pregnancy discrimination? And so, you know, really my professional and personal life sort of joined there. And I decided that was going to be you know, an area of focus of the practice. And that's why I wrote then wrote the book, You're Pregnant, You're Fired. And then, you know, as part of that journey, you know, it occurred to me that, you know, when I started podcasts, you know, podcasts certainly weren't new, but they were becoming more of a thing. And it occurred to me that, you know, we're all, not all of us, a lot of parents are living very similar struggles. Mm-hmm. So, you know, why not just talk about them and learn from each other? And that was really the impetus of the podcast. So that was a very long-winded version of, my parents' story, parenting story there. Awesome. And how old are your kids now, Tom? So my oldest is 15. So Harrison's 15. Jonah is 12. Julia is 10. And Lucy is eight. Wow. Yeah. So they were all born in a roughly different era with respect to resources for working parents. You're yes, so right. Yes, Absolutely. Yes, definitely. You, you mentioned that you had an interest in employment law even before it became part of your day job, so to speak. What was it that sparked your interest in that particular practice area? My first job out of law school, I worked at a firm in North Carolina, which is where I'm from. And yeah, so I worked at a firm in North Carolina from it. And one of the, I was interested in education law at the time. Mm-hmm. And I ended up in an education practice. And what I did realize, but came to learn, is that really for an education practice, you know, we were representing school boards. 
I mean, you're really, I mean, yes, you're dealing with education issues, but you're also representing management, right? I mean, they're, mm-hmm. they're running in a school system, which are obviously a large organization. And part of the, one of the areas of law that they deal with is employment. So right. we defended school systems against all range of employment issues. And I really liked it. I liked the intellectual rigor of it. I liked the, that there were so many, we're dealing with everything from Supreme Court precedents to sometimes local ordinances and people really care, right? On both sides Mm -hmm. of the issue. I mean, you're either being accused of something pretty gnarly or you're experiencing something pretty gnarly. So it was not, you know, as some other practice of law, it was not sort of just not there's anything wrong with the business deal, but it was a personal to everybody on every side. Mm -hmm. And so that's how I was first introduced to it. And then I kept up the, but you know, my heart really kind of lie on the plaintiff side. I really, mm. the heart was more of a bomb thrower than a management side guy. And then, you know, kind of the long story is, is I ended up coming back to DC where I'd met my now wife and wanted to get some trial experience, which is how I ended up, you know, working, doing, you know, some criminal defense work and then at the U.S. Attorney's Office. But all during that time, I stayed involved with the National Employment Lawyers Association and did some pro bono work with some DC legal organizations. So then when I hung a shingle, you know, I did some criminal defense because I'd come from a, a recently a prosecutor's background, but I really turned also turned to employment law and just started taking those cases and grew it that way. Mm, so you've not only hung a shingle, as you said, and founded your own firm, but as you mentioned earlier, you've written a book. I've got it here in front of me. It says, you're pregnant, you're fired. Tagline is protecting mothers, fathers, and other caregivers in the workplace. And while I've got you here, and while you know, I know our audience is new and expecting parents, I'd love for you to share what are maybe two or three key takeaways that you think all expectant employees should keep in mind. Yeah. I mean, I think that to keep in mind that there are legal protections, that there are a host of legal protections and they're overlapping and they can be very complicated. (laughs) So it's okay to be confused about them. I will say that, you know, of course you should go to HR and their most companies have their heart in the right place and HR is going to try to do the right thing. But even for people who are in HR, they may not very likely are not on the bleeding edge of a lot of these laws. And so while you can use them for a resource, they may or may not be up on the latest and greatest. And I'm always a fan, of course, you and I both being lawyers, I'm always a fan of go, you know, look, let's go see a lawyer. If you are have concerns or you want to prepare yourself, you know, spend an hour doesn't mean you have to doesn't mean things won't go well with your job, but have some idea of what protections that you have, you know, and of course there are plenty of resources. There's my book, there's Google, there's, you know, it's all out there, but there are a lot of lawyers that they're conspicuously in the DC area, but there are lawyers that do this work. And if you're concerned about it, take an hour and go talk to one, because really, you know, if you were to come see somebody like me who does this work within an hour, I can give you a pretty good overview of what your protections are and what you Mm -hmm. might be on the lookout for. But I think just to keep in mind, that, you know, there are protections for parents, perhaps not as strong as you and I might like in many instances, but, but it, it's, they are there and they may not be immediately obvious and you may not learn from HR. So my advice would be to take some time to educate about yourself. If you end up in some sort of situation at work, or if you see something coming, you know, be proactive educate yourself about your rights. A lot of times it doesn't mean you need to be adversarial with your company, your company may need educating. And mm. there may be some ways that you can address the issue that helps your company, you know, do the right thing. 
Yeah, I love that. I mean, if we had a healthcare issue that we were worried about, we'd go see a specialist for a consult, right? And I feel like the same type of thing should apply here, I suspect. And I like to think of, you know, this as my role as when I have my lawyer hat on too, as, you know, saving people a ton of time and money down the road just by being able to sum things up and frame them. So go talk to experts and definitely keep Tom in mind as you're looking for one. So you mentioned a little bit about what inspired you to start this podcast, you know, to be a resource for working parents. Tell us a little bit about what it's been like for you to host a podcast. It's been a thrill. I mean, in a number of different ways. I mean, first, you know, just the, as you and I know, there's a steep, in some ways it's not technologically that difficult, but that said, there is a technological aspect of it. And I had no background in this at all. And, you know, I'm trying to remember how I even got the first start into just figuring it out. It may have been with Christy, who does a lot of our back end stuff. Somebody may have sure. sent me to her. I know that early on, she was, you know, she said, here's the equipment, you know, here's what you need to do to get started. So that part was a lot of fun. And um, there's, you know, of course, fear, trepidation, and exhilaration was stepping out and doing something new. And the greatest part about it, I think, which I think you have certainly seen, you know, it really gives you a platform to reach out and talk to people. And people are so generous with their time and with their insight and with their own personal stories. And so that was really probably the most profound part for me is, you know, just the people that I've met that, you know, of course you and uh, that you and I've met during the time that we've done it. Mm, Absolutely. Are there any key themes that stand out to you over the past couple of years that you've been running this Parents at Work podcast? Oh, you know, that's a great question. I think that probably the theme is in some ways, while there are, of course, you know, differences and unique parts about each of our stories, how much of it is the same, you know, how much of us struggle and persevere and survive and thrive in the same way, which is the nice part about the podcast is, you know, I think you realize that you're speaking to a lot of people who are sharing the same sort of Mm -hmm. stressors and pressures and, you know, so I think that similarity in the stories that you hear is probably one of the biggest themes that I have noticed. And I think also, you know, and, and as you and I have heard a lot on the podcast, how much difference, you know, a sympathetic manager makes mm. or a sympathetic mm-hmm. workers make. I mean, policies matter, procedures matter, no question. But one thing that you and I have heard a lot is when we ask people, you know, what's really been the biggest help to you, it's often been you know, a supervisor, a colleague, somebody who understood what you were going through and was there to, to help and be supportive. Yeah. As with anything with work, it really comes down to the people. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I know you also co-host or host another podcast. Do you want to mention that one as well? Yeah. So about the same time I started another podcast called I Got Fired, which is as the name, the, the name sounds, a podcast for people who are experiencing problems at work. And it's, you know, it's interesting, I think, as with probably any kind of creative endeavor like that, I mean, the audiences are different, mm-hmm. um, you know, for this podcast, you know, I knew we would be speaking to people who, at least for a time in their lives, had an ongoing interest 
in the subject and, you know, would listen repeatedly and follow it for some time. And I Got Fired was, is intended to be more of a, you know, I'm of course more than happy for people to keep listening to it, but I find that people come to it because they have a specific issue. Mm-hmm. And so we are trying to give people both the specific knowledge they need for an instance they may be experiencing and, and the tactics they need to think about how to deal with that. You know, people come and they pick and they choose. And of course, I hope that they don't have a reason to come back. Right, (laughs) they got their one problem. I mean, I sort of see it like you know, buying a baby stroller or a wedding ring or something like that. Like you have a a specific, discrete period in your life where you need to know a lot of information about that topic, and then that period in your life goes by and you forget it all. Hopefully That's the memories right. will fade. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Excellent. And you're going to continue on with that podcast, right? You're not hanging up your hat in the podcasting world. That's right. You know, that's Excellent. one of the, you know, we're, I'm sure we're talking a little bit. That's one of the reasons I decided to transition out of this podcast was, you know, as you have seen, I mean, while it is in some ways seductively simple to do a podcast, it does take work and it takes thought and it takes, you know, creative input and just the hours into it. And so really kind of turned back my attention to that podcast and give it a, get another jolt of energy. Wonderful. Well, we wish you all the best of luck with that one. And if any of our listeners happens to go through the unfortunate experience of getting fired, you should tune in to to Tom and the other channel. Yeah. So Tom, we concluded every episode that we did together with the questions for each working parent of what's their own personal favorite piece of technology, their favorite book related to working parenthood, and their best piece of advice for working parents. So now you get to sit in the seat where I fire those questions at you. So what is your own personal favorite working parent technology? You know, I would have to say, and we've heard this over and over in the podcast, is just the calendar. Yeah. Um, You know, my wife and I, yeah, both use iPhones and so use that calendaring program and it's the way we keep up with everything. And as you know, with two working parents and a number of kids, everybody's running in different directions and it's, you know, we try to learn the hard way to, uh, to try to avoid those. What do you mean you have this to go to? Because <laughs> I have this to go to and the kids yeah. have got Boy Scouts or soccer or whatever it may be. So that's probably, I wish I had something. I will say that and another one, just a good app that I use a lot because I'm in charge of the the cooking for the household is one called Paprika. Mm -hmm. It's great for clipping recipes and you can make the shopping list straight from the recipe. So for those of you that are, uh, you know, have that responsibility in your household, uh, that's probably my number two. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. And the calendar one is such a struggle during COVID. I feel like it's putting together a massive jigsaw puzzle of, in our house anyway, four people's different Zoom meetings. Oh, <laughs> it's yeah. It's crazy. Know. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So your favorite working parent related book or um, a book that's helped you in yes, working parenthood. Yes. And I always screw this one up. I think it's all. <laughs> you um, can't get it wrong. Right. I know. I think it's all, it was all work and no joy. What's that book by? Yes. Um, Oh, I'm going to, but anyway, whatever that title is. um, All Joy and No Fun. All Joy and No Fun. That's it. I love that book. You know, that was one of the ones, and I think it probably came up over the podcast that, I mean, I read that book and I was like, okay, I am not the, and I'm not to say that she is crazy because she's actually very not crazy, but I'm like, I'm not the only crazy person. Like this is, it spoke to me 
on such a personal level and was such a, you know, just to hear people's own struggles. I'm like, okay, so this is like a thing. This is not just me <laughs> and my own personal limitations here. This is, you know, and then again, once you, of course, when you stop and think, you're like, of course, like this is just really, you know, can be really hard in many aspects. And that book and the stories in it were just so profound for me. That's probably one of my big ones. Awesome. Yeah. I'm looking at the title here, All Joy and No Fun, The Paradox of Modern Parenthood by Jennifer Senior. And we'll put that in the show notes as well. Yeah, that's a good one. Awesome. Okay. And now drum roll, your best piece of advice for working parents. My best piece of advice for working parents is just to know that it's normal to be frazzled. <laughs> There's nothing <laughs> wrong. It's just a lot, a lot of just work, a lot of, I mean, it is like, you know, I was reading a book about a, a Navy SEAL recently and a blank on that title too. But anyway, David Goggins' book. And of course, you know, the, the Navy SEAL training is very difficult and the stories that he tells, but I was like, you know what? Like, this sort of sounds like being a new parent, <laughs> you know, like the sleep deprivation, the just, you know, the, you, know, you just got to get up and go and get up and go until you can't think you can get up and go anymore. And then I think related to that is, uh, and this is one of the reasons, you know, that I um, decided in some respect to pass the baton on to you is, you know, it passes, which is sort of bittersweet, right? Yeah. And I think, you know, anybody as a parent, you know, probably has heard this and we all have to live it. And it is certainly true. You know, it's one of these days you turn around and you don't have to give your kids a bath anymore and you don't have to do the diapers. And that's the stage that I'm in in my life. I mean, my youngest child is now eight years old. And of course, there are other challenges as children get older, but it's completely different. And the mm. physical demands are not nearly the same. And so at the time you're going through it, you're like, oh my God, this is just, you know, <laughs> I don't think anybody wants to rush it along, but you do have the thoughts of like, how much longer do I, when can I get some sleep? and, you know, a cup of coffee by myself. And the truth is, it's one day it's going to happen. And it sort of happens without you even realizing it, which again, is bittersweet. It's, of course, nice to have your time back. It's nice to occasionally get, you know, seven or eight hours of sleep. But it is also true that you realize that the last time you gave your kid a bath, you probably didn't even notice it, right? Mm. It just it came and went. And all of a sudden, your kid just didn't need help in the bath anymore. So I think keeping that in mind, you know, when things are really hard and they are hard, particularly with young kids, you know, newborns and toddlers, I mean, it's just, it is really just a tremendous amount of, of effort and stress, like it passes. So just keep that in mind too. Yeah, I first got some chills and now I'm getting a little choked up at that because <laughs> my oldest son is about to turn 10 in a couple of weeks and I feel like, gosh, a decade? And, you know, know. that's past the halfway mark between yeah. birth and college. Like, right. what are we right. doing here? So, yeah, that really resonates with me. Also, I love the parallels to the Navy SEALs and some of the mindfulness meditation work that I teach to working parents. I um, teach the technique called box breathing. And essentially, you're breathing in for four, holding it for four, breathing out for four, and holding it for four, sort of drawing a box in the air while you do this. And it's a technique that the Navy SEALs use yeah, <laughs> um, to like maintain concentration. And I think it's directly applicable to how working parents can calm down in their own households. So I yes, see a lot of similarities. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Great, Tom. Well, I'm so glad that you were with us today. And my last question for you is two part. Are there any last words you'd like to leave us with the PAW listeners who are out there, the Parents at Work <laughs> listeners, and any advice you have for me in continuing on uh, with the podcast? You know, great questions. I mean, I think for, you know, for the listeners, just thank you for being a part of this and for people who've participated in the part of, uh, in the podcast, for sharing your stories and being generous with your time. And also, you know, good for you guys for taking some time and energy to be a part of this community. I think it makes us better people and better parents. You know, as for you, look, you're a superstar. I really, I wish I could say that I could, you know, give you this, the keys to the kingdom, but you know, I credit you with really bringing a lot of structure to the podcast. It was of course, you know, your idea to do the, which I thought was a brilliant one to do the various different work areas, whether it was accountants or lawyers or people in the theater, because, you know, we are able to hear um, not only the commonalities, but how different sectors both struggle and come up with some unique ideas to do that. Mm -hmm. I thought that was a great idea. So my best advice to you is not much of advice, except just, you know, keep up the great work you've been doing. And I know you'll be on to continue to grow this important audience. I am so grateful to you, Tom, both for this wonderful interview and your insights, but also for gifting me the opportunity to co-host such a meaningful podcast and for being such a fun co-host. So thank you for that. <laughs> and I promise to keep the torch lit and the podcast going strong. And I really wish you all the best. Thank well, you for being on today. Sure. And I'll just say, of course, thank you for willing to do something new and to taking to it so quickly and to bringing so many great ideas to it. And I look forward to keep being a listener and to hearing all the great things that you're going to do with the podcast. Wonderful, Tom. We'll keep tagging you in our social media so you can see the new episodes. Absolutely. Everyone, thank you for joining us today. If you like this episode, please share it with one working parent friend who might find it helpful. Please also rate and review the Parents at Work podcast wherever you downloaded it. Stay tuned for our next episode when I will interview and introduce our new Working Dad co-host. Thanks for listening.